Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rail Group On Air, presented by Railway Age and Railway Track and Structures magazines and International Railway Journal. I'm your host, Bill Wilson, and I am the editor-in-chief of RTNS Magazine, and welcome to another podcast. This is Rail Group On Air. Hello, everyone. Bill Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Railway Track and Structures Media. And we are back. We are back after a little bit of summer hiatus. It was a summer break that was not supposed to be a summer break. Nonetheless, here we are, ready to honor more of our 2022 RTNS top projects. You know, there's probably a song to that, you know, coming back, coming back home. There has to be a million songs out there, but there's no song here. It is all informative interview, and uh, we are going to be talking about the Way Interlocking and Subway Structure Rehabilitation Project in Camden, New Jersey. This required the rehabilitation of the 3,800-foot double-tracked Camden Subway Tunnel, and you know when there's a tunnel involved, there is... A lot of complex issues, a lot of troublesome spots, just a lot of challenges, period. And this project was no different. It presented multiple challenges in both the logistical approach to completing the project and in maintaining crew and public safety while doing so. Here to talk about those problems are Andre Menzel and Russ Pfeiffer. Menzel is a project engineer with Railroad Construction Company Incorporated, and Pfeiffer is a project manager with Railroad Construction Company Incorporated. We are going to jump into this interview. Russ Pfeiffer is the first to talk, and then you'll also hear Andre Menzel. The uh, two real challenges were, first of all, in tunnel. Uh, there were always challenges there, and you think sometimes that companies like us, we've done that enough, and we want to take it for granted, but... Uh, it's really something that has to be continually paid attention to. You have to keep it fresh in your mind. And that, that's a challenge all the time, just in that general work environment. So uh, we covered a lot of tunnel. We covered almost three-quarters of a mile of tunnel and with a couple of different crossovers in there. And uh, that made for a challenge with safety and new people coming onto the job, subcontractors, training, uh, things like that. So... I just, uh, I just don't want to gloss that over too easily. Um, and then the second thing, in conjunction with that, almost is the is the uh, scheduling of the work. Again, given that it is an active train tunnel um, with switches, and, uh, trains coming at you in, in either direction and uh, different interlockings and things like that. That really creates a challenge for scheduling and efficiency of uh, work. That's really, those were really the biggest challenges. What do you think, Andre? Yeah, I mean, not only scheduling, but also just the amount of pre-planning we had to do to coordinate all this work. I mean, the, the, the one big part of this, the double crossover installation, obviously, it, you know, affects 
both tracks that are next to each other, but throughout the duration of the project, traffic had to be maintained on one of the tracks. So there was, you know, meeting after meeting of just trying to think about how are we going to complete, you know, all the the replacement of these sensor frogs, the whole doing each track, you know, again, so you can limit your uh, single track outages. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was really a, a big challenge, just keeping one track open at a time going through all this. So tunnel projects are notorious for going over budget and taking longer than expected, but you guys did this project on budget and on time. Uh, how, what, what made that possible? Yeah, I mean, it was probably the amount of pre-planning that, you know, we realized we had to take the time, you know, jumping into this to really plan out the work because we have, you know, such limited access, um, such controlled access with the adjacent train traffic, um, limited space within the tunnel that you, to lay out all the materials that you needed for each weekend, you know, making sure that you had everything you needed so you're not trying to you know back a whole line of equipment out of a tunnel to go get anything else you need um it was just a matter of, you know having the whole project team together both the the track side people and the civil side people working together to try to figure out exactly what we needed for each scope of work each individual weekend and making that work with how the job was bid in the first place so there were times when we would go out and uh, do a mock-up, as an example. And the challenge to those things is oftentimes those items are not in the budget. And you're looking at your cost and you're saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend money that I really don't have, uh, recognizing that it's going to pay off in the long run. We're going to take equipment and take manpower and go out and check some setup, make sure trucks fit, make sure scaffolding works, things like that, just so that when you do get out there for your production work, you know that things are going to work. And that that was one of the reasons why the thing really went very well, even though early on you're spending money that is not looking good in your cost report. That was one of the keys. The other key really is is we had really good communication on the job. We communicated very well with the owner. And uh, with the construction manager, we were always talking. Anytime some issue came up, we had everybody on the line. Uh, we took charge. We more or less, when we had meetings, we didn't ask if we could do things. We told people, this is what we were doing. And I think that paid off. They wanted somebody to take charge, and we took charge, but we just continually kept them in the loop. Uh, I think that was really one of the, one of the other keys to the job. Yeah, not, honestly, not only communication with the uh, with the owner side and the engineers, but also just internal communication. You know, being being open to to listening to each other. You know, you got, you got five guys in a room talking about how to complete a certain task. You know, got five different answers, and just a matter of you know being receptive to each other and and being open to settling on on one solution that sounds the best to everyone. So you guys had 2,200 feet of concrete crack injection. Do you want to talk about how that how that process worked? 
with uh, an operation like that, we had we had a couple operations like that. We also had uh, 8,800 square feet of shot creek that we had to do. So we had some items to work that had some big quantities in them. We painted, I think we painted 18,000 square feet of uh, steel. And one of the keys to that really was, again, in the early setup, we would have to set up a process that was very methodical. Uh, everybody, as Andre said before, everybody had to be in line. Everybody had to know what they were doing. It wasn't the kind of thing where you could get out there and halfway through the ship say, oh, we need something or this isn't right. process had to be set up properly. It had to be done very methodically. And one of the things that helped was it helped the monitoring. When it came time to for the engineers to look at it in the end, what's your quantity for pay, things like that, we were able to say, we did this location, this location, this location. We were able to run right down the list with uh, what work was done. And, you know, those big operations like that are very repetitive. So that methodical operation uh, really lends itself well to a repetitive operation. And it makes the work efficient. That helps keep the cost down, that, that kind of efficiency. But that's really what it came down to. A lot of preparation. So this project involved replacing some columns. Do you want to talk about how you went about replacing the columns and, and was there an area that was trickier than others or was it pretty much standard work? Uh, it was standard as far as subway tunnels go. There were a lot of uh, utilities in the way. There were electrical conduits in the way. Uh, we actually worked directly adjacent to a couple of big um, electrical transformers. We had contact rail right at our feet, uh, but it's a train tunnel, so that's what we had to do. And uh, we we had our engineers come up with a couple of different schemes, and we simply chose what we considered the most workable scheme. We left the plan wide open until we decided on our scheme. It was actually an option to work do, doing it during work nights or doing it on weekends, spending overtime we had to balance that, but the idea was we looked at the different schemes and uh, chose the scheme based on how we could do the thing most productively. We did do some redesign. We redesigned the columns themselves to make them more workable. We cut the column in half and put a splice in the column. That made the thing tremendously more workable, and it kept it very simple. We had a very – when you looked at it, the scheme that we arrived at was very simple. It was heavy jacks, and it took a lot of setup. Uh, but uh, it was a very simple scheme that we came up with, and uh, we knew it was simple because one weekend we didn't quite accomplish what we needed to accomplish, and it was we just took down what we could take down. We were able to leave up what we could leave up and still open the area to train traffic. So the scheme was simple enough that we left ourselves the opportunity to open up the train traffic without having to do a lot of running around. It really worked out very nicely that way. We all, again, preparation was the key. We took a lot of detailed measurements. We knew that when pieces came out, they were going to fit. That was very important. That's the last thing you want to do in a structural situation in a train tunnel, having something not fit, being caught by surprise, things like that. That's, that's a killer. So we worked hard at making sure that that didn't happen. And then, of course, we had good quality control, uh, bolting, welding, uh, jacking, things like that. We uh, we monitored that carefully. We knew it was all going to work out, and uh, we had a high degree of confidence going into the work. That really helped uh, ensure a good process for us there. 
Do you know how many total columns you had to replace? The number? We replaced uh, four columns. Okay. Do you want to talk about the lead, abate, the lead paint abatement process and how that works? Lead abatement process, again, that was something else. We kept it very simple, and it was something else that we, we had a subcontractor do, not a painting subcontractor. Talked about some different ideas, and we, again, decided on a very simple process. We decided just to spread tarps out on the ground and just use hand tools. So it was literally scraping the lead down on top of tarps, uh, protecting the area, marking the area off, keeping any person walking past, inspectors or what have you, making sure they knew it was a lead area, making sure they knew where they could and could not walk, uh, having a safety person uh, on site, uh, policing, things like that. And, um, you know, that was one of the keys really is isolating the work zone as best we could, uh, which, again, is challenging inside a train tunnel, but uh, we made sure that something simple like that worked out well. And then we had good buy-in from the labor force as well. We did a lot of safety talks. We constantly impressed upon the men doing the work how important this operation was. We have a good reputation with the owner. We didn't want to be, you know, a bunch of cowboys going in there spreading lead paint all around the tunnel. So uh, we impressed upon our labor force how important it was to uh, to watch the rules, uh, pay attention to the details, and uh, that all worked out nicely for us. So can you talk about how you maintain air quality throughout the duration of the project? Most of it was just done with, when we needed to. We put uh, fans in the tunnel. We just used big fans to keep the air blowing. Uh, we, had to, we had to coordinate with the owner, making sure that his uh, smoke detection systems were either turned on or turned off, activated or deactivated whenever we were going to do uh, smoke generating work. And then we had uh, equipment called smoke eaters, things like that, big vacuums that would suck up the smoke, filter it, and then uh, blow it right back out. So uh, proper use of equipment and, uh, again, coordination with the owner working around the stations uh, that's pretty much how the how we maintained air quality. And I know you guys had several challenges on this project, but was there one that stood out uh, on the tunnel side and on the track side? Andre, what do you think about the track side? Yeah, I mean the it was really just a an overall complex job. I mean the 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 previous. We had done a, a double crossover from New York City Transit, and you know you, you had access. To, they had a four-track tunnel. You were able to close both tracks and get a lot of major work done. It, it was a it was a lot of planning and a lot of thinking to figure out how to get this project done. Everything that had to get done, you know, keeping a track open, keeping platforms serviceable. Um, I mean, every job is unique, and this had it. It's share of unique challenges. Um, you know, we they have details for how you're supposed to go in and complete some of this work. Uh, you know, we they have a, a temporary track detail for while you're in the process of uh, remo removing and replacing this special track work. And we looked at that and figured out a way to reduce it from a three weekend series down to a two weekend series. You know, just 
looking at the plans, thinking it through, seeing where you can save time, you know, seeing, seeing just, you know, value engineering, how can you make it more efficient? And then, and then in conjunction with that, as Andre said, um, all of that leads to maintaining continuity in your operations. Uh, from a contractor's perspective, that's what we need. We need continuity. It's difficult to go out and start and stop and have something canceled and expect to start up again. You really want that thing to be continuous. Uh, that's that was one of the big challenges is making sure we worked nights and weekends and uh, making sure the operation was continuous between the nights and the weekends, the handoff of equipment, uh, sometimes the handoff of tools, things like that, making sure that the preparation work done during the week was uh, satisfying the work needs for the weekends, things like that. That was a big challenge. And I think we really, we really did a nice job meeting that challenge. The work from a continuity perspective uh, turned out to be uh, uh, very efficient for us. Very well done. Is there anything else you guys want to add about the project? Anything else that stood out that kind of tried to hit on, on some of the more important parts? Um, but, again, thank you for your insight and expertise. A lot of great things there. Uh off the top of my head, I'll let Andrew, I'll let Andre finish up. Top of my head was really, we had really good teamwork. Within railroad construction, we have a civil division, we have a rail division, and then of course we had a couple of subcontractors. We had inspectors, obviously, for the owner, and there was really good teamwork amongst all of those members. It really, you know, like Andre said, we weren't scared to sit around the table and kick around different ideas. Uh, speak about your concerns, how are the inspectors going to handle this, things like that. It was really good teamwork. That was one of the things I think that really helped the job to prosper. What do yeah, you think, Andrew, I, uh, Andre? Yeah, the, the way the civil side of the company and the track side of the company came together and were able to formulate a plan, able to, you know, understand the the lingo on each other's sides and talk through how to get some of this joint work done uh, was, was really you know, a good accomplishment for us. I mean, we're, we're replacing, uh, you know, structural supporting members right underneath the same tracks that we're replacing in a single weekend. So we really had to understand what each other, what each side was doing. Uh, we really had to work together and make a schedule that worked for everyone, and, and we did through, you know, good old-fashioned communication, which is <laughs> easier yeah. said than done at the time. Yeah, I agree. I do want to repeat these words because they are certainly worth repeating. This was a tunnel project that was done on budget and on time. That just does not happen, folks. I would like to thank Mark Menzel and Russ Pfeiffer from the Railroad Construction Company Incorporated for their insight and their expertise. Again, a great interview, a great project. Look for more podcasts in the near future. We won't be taking a hiatus quite as long as the last one. 
I'm Bill Wilson for Railway Track and Structures Media, and I will see you down the line.